Hello, today's podcast contains swearing, several of the worst kinds. Not the very worst, but the second worst kind. Fuck. I added one more podcast to the giant podcast bin. Now you have plucked that podcast out and started listening. I took my microphone and found some human folk. Then I recorded all the noises while we spoke. My name is Adam Buxton, I'm a man I want you to enjoy this, that's the plan Hey, how you doing? Adam Buxton here Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast I'm just out walking Rosie the dog Out here in East Anglia and the sun is going down very beautifully, I might add. It's crazy, it's so colourful. And the clouds are all scattered around like someone's thrown a box of cotton wool into the sky and it's stuck there. Today, the podcast features a conversation with Scroobius Pip, a UK rapping man, a rapist. You've got to use the double P there, otherwise you can get into... Uh, unpleasant confusion areas and he is uh, someone he took his name from an Edward Lear poem and has so far failed to give it back and as well as being a rapping guy he is also a much-loved podcast host not only that but his podcast Distraction Pieces is on the same platform as this one, Acast. It just worked out that way. It wasn't planned by corporate nabobs. All right, just to take the edge off the whole appearance of um, incestuous backslappery and insider chicanery. All right, calm down. If you haven't listened to Scroobius's podcast before, I do recommend it. He's had insightful and uh, enlightening chats with the likes of Simon Pegg, uh, Nick Frost, and uh, Russell Brand, Gail Porter. That's a good one. She tells a, a very candid story about her travails in the entertainment world and in her personal life. Uh, Sarah Pascoe is on there, Dylan Moran, Mike Skinner of The Streets, Roots Maneuver, Stuart Lee, Tom Robinson... He's got loads on there, I tell you. So check them out. And actually, next week, I'm going to be on there. So uh, that does nothing to dispel the notion of incestuous insider backslappery, does it? But there you go. I first became aware of Scroobius in 2007 when I saw the video for his track Thou Shalt Always Kill, which he created with Dan Lassac, his musical partner. Sometime musical partner, I guess I should say. Thou shalt not steal if there is a direct victim. Thou shalt not worship pop idols or follow lost prophets. Thou shalt not take the names of Johnny Cash, Joe Strummer, Johnny Hartman, Desmond Decker, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix or Sid Barrett in vain. Thou shalt not think any male over the age of 30 that plays with a child that is not their own is a paedophile. Some people are just nice. Thou shalt always kill? What are you talking about? That's the opposite of the guidelines I was given. And it's a a polemic, I suppose you could say, in rap form that throws up all kinds of apparent contradictions and outrageous statements. Um, And I chat to him about that later on as well as covering quite a few of my favourite subjects, like forgetting people's names, um, stuttering in relation to Scroobius's own stutter, rudeness, online rudeness and rudeness elsewhere, and one of my favourite topics, of course, podcasting. And uh, we also mention, inevitably, uh, Mark Maron and WTF. He's got quite a few mentions in just a short run, hasn't he? And during the podcast, I struggled to remember the name of uh, Mark Maron's invaluable producer. It is, of course, Brendan MacDonald. Anyway, hope you enjoy this chat, and I'll be back to say goodbye later on. Here we go.
There we go. Is that all working perfectly? That's all good. Lovely. Perfect. Do you like to do the... Uh, do you like to do the podcast thing of having the audio running for a while as people are getting ready? Yeah, I often have that. bleed into the beginning of the thing. I've realised I felt it was kind of quite natural, and then I realised that pretty much everyone starts with me going, so, that's that's the beginning. Yeah. We've not really got to start. Uh, have we started? And that's literally everyone. that I, In my mind on the day, it's always been spontaneous and natural, and then yeah. it turns out they all start exactly the it's same way. It's funny how fast uh, cliches and tropes develop within a new medium. Yeah, and it's then- weird... Because I, 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 I listen to loads and loads of podcasts, I'm really a massive fan of the genre, that I then end up emulating the exact things that are, you know, it doesn't help that it bleeds through that now there's, I'm copying this podcast's uh, weaknesses, or not weaknesses, but yeah, tropes. Which ones get in your head? Have you had phases where a podcaster has got right into your mind and it becomes almost like being haunted? Yeah, yeah, the a Joe Rogan experience is ah. one that I listened to. You've been like, on that, right? I've been on it now, um, and I was excited when J- John Ronson was on it. So that's a three-way cr- crossover now, as he's been on yours and mine and on Joe Rogan's. I but, know, everyone's on everyone yeah, else's. But I was, it, it, was, it was really pleasing, because it was a little while after I'd had him on mine, and it turned into a two-parter um, on my one, and Joe Rogan's were always three hours long. And I was like, right, this is going to be... Pretty much the same stories as I've just listened to. And it wasn't. John's just amazing. He's just got so many stories. He's yeah. just such an interesting guy. So, yeah, the Joe Rogan one, because, again, it's that thing. It's, it's, th- it's three hours long, mm. and he does a couple a week. And I don't listen to them all now, but there was a point where I was listening to them all. So I was giving over six hours a week of my mind to to Mr. Joe Rogan. And and he's going off on some crazy rants about all sorts of yeah. uh, uh, edge of, edge of uh, reality stuff. That's what I really... I liked about it. Was Not edge of get... reality, but edge of, well, I mean, he's into his conspiracies and stuff. There's some he? conspiracy theory stuff. He's also really, really into debunking conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. So it's quite good on that. That He'll be like, that's nonsense. You're an idiot. He has a friend on who's a guy I know as well, um, Eddie Bravo, who's yeah. real conspiracy theorist. And it's so fun to listen to Eddie spend 10 minutes explaining something and then Joe destroy it in, in a second or two. But that's what I like about the podcast is they'll go to the furthest outer reaches of discussion of discussing space with brian cox and all sorts they'll go completely internal and on a molecular level and a psychological level but then they'll also have an episode where they're just making a lot of dick jokes and fart jokes and being ridiculous so i kind of i love that that weird mix of in in one episode you could get all those things it's kind of i like there's not the pretentiousness but it's also not just kind of a lads club type thing and what's he like? Is he quite an intense guy, I would imagine? Yeah, he is quite intense. Um, it's weird because, again, it's always slightly odd when you're a big fan of the podcast that you're going on. I've listened to all the Adam and Joe ones for years. Oh, so, okay. so, so equally, you know, unusual. But on that, he'd just recorded a three-hour one with someone else and was going straight into our one. Whoa. So was doing six hours off the bat. So had been drinking a lot of coffee was smoking a lot of weed. Yeah. And it was one of them... Smoking I don't, a lot of weed? And I, I don't smoke weed or drink 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 coffee. So it was instantly, he was like, here, do you want to hear this? I'm like, no, thank you. And instantly I thought, oh my God, I feel like I'm killing the, the rhythm of you what's You wouldn't happening. think that weed was the best for sharpening your mind for a six-hour chat-a-thon. But again, that, the, the, the kind of... Uh, for, for making a 10-minute conversation last an hour, mm-hmm. maybe you would say weed is the perfect <laughs> the, yeah. the perfect tool for that. But would anyone Not else want to listen to that conversation? That's well, the question. Well, they seem to. He seems to be well-practiced in, yeah. in managing that, um, that, that intake of drugs. To... And how about Marin? I've spoken about uh, Marin to John Ronson before. He's amazing. Show, He's yeah. amazing. Um, I can only, only listen to a couple of months with Marin because I find them so intense yeah, and often so dark right. that I love it, but I really, it, it affects me. It genuinely, I, I remember, it reminds me of the first time I played A Call of Duty and I was on my own and I played it for like a couple of hours and I came out feeling like I had, Killed some guys. Or, or, yeah, some yeah like humans. I had PTSD. Like, I was genuinely like, right. I feel quite shaken up because it was so intense and so everything happening at once. Yeah. That I was like, that's not the kind of game I want to play, I don't think. Because it really, <laughs> not that I'm against the violence or anything else, but it genuinely had my nerves you on such a, a level. I love violence. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel that with, 
with Mark that I think it's one of the best. Obviously, it's a trailblazer. He, he had Obama on. Mm. He had the President of America I know, in his he, garage. He hasn't on his shut podcast. up about it since. Yeah, true. Exactly. It's hard to not know about that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's great. But I can I can't handle irregular doses because he's such an intense dude. You can get over marinated. Yes, you can. You can get so over marinated quite quickly. It's quite a poignant and strong uh, flavor. I think it's in a way it's sort of brave. Of I don't know how you found it being uh, in the podcast world and having a little group of people that yeah. are into your stuff because it is a medium by its nature that really gets under your skin and, and yeah. it gets into your head and, and you can become over marinated yeah. quite easily regardless of the host and then I think um, people really start well I certainly when I'm listening to other people's shows yeah I'm really thinking about I'm trying to get into their mind yeah and I'm thinking ah oh, he's well, he's being a little bit, uh, he's sort of bragging a little bit there. He should yeah. pull back on that. Or, oh, no, 100%. no, you know, he should be more confident. Or, oh, no, uh, he's, you know, he's flirting with this woman a little bit too much. Or yeah. all that I, kind of I, stuff. I, I couldn't agree more. I've just had that recently where in all the early podcasts, the compliment I got a lot was how much I, or how little I talked in many ways. I'd sit back and just let the, the guest talk and, and kind of, because, and again, Mark gets the opposite of that sometimes, and Joe Rogan, all of these get told off for talking too much. And then in the last few, I've had a few tweets from people saying, you kept interrupting and wouldn't I wouldn't let them talk. And I'm sure I don't, because it's such a natural conversation. It's often with people I know, but then that plays on your mind constantly. And in all the ones after that, I'm just like, struggling to concentrate on the conversation, because I'm thinking... Is that important enough to say? No, no, I won't say that. I'll, I'll stay quiet because I don't want to... Because, again, you've just instantly been... T- you've got that over-analysis of, of how you're performing. Yeah. Well, it's been established on my podcast that I'm too eager to please. Yep, yep. Uh, and so I'm trying to... That was I'm, a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful email. I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was good, wasn't it? I'm going to meet the guy. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. He's going to come to one of my shows. And then I will that's be great. able to kill him. Yeah, that's perfect. I'm, I'm doing my bare hands. By the time this goes out, it will have happened. But tomorrow, I'm doing my first live one of these. Oh yeah. Um, and I thought I'd have a guest. I'm going to have a lot of f- audience questions, but I thought I'd have a guest. And the guest is a fan of mine who's been to over seventy of my shows. Oh, have you met him before? I have met him before, and I'm sure it will all come out in the conversation. But. I started noticing him at shows and we were genuinely a little bit worried because this guy was turning up a lot. Gradually, his beard was getting bigger. <laughs> he started to buy the same brand of, of, tr- of trucker cap as oh, me. Oh, wow. And we were a little bit like, this is weird. And then the weird thing was I went to see Public Enemy um, at Brixton Academy and I hadn't tweeted about it or anything. And I noticed him in the crowd and that relaxed me because it made me go, oh, actually, he's just a he's fan into of other gigs. Stuff. He's just into music. Yeah. It's not that he's always... It just likes music. So that relaxed me. And then, yeah, I've got to, I've chatted to him a bit. Because again, if you're turning up at 70 odd shows, it's hard not to build a bit of a relationship. Yes. So, well, it was interesting. Guy, Keith Clark. When you were talking to Tom Robinson, I listened yes. to your podcast with him, very much enjoyed it. And it, I was interested to hear him talking about how much time he spent responding to Tom Robinson band fans. Yeah. Uh, and he was implying that it was perhaps to the detriment of his songwriting. Yeah. Completely eager to please yeah. was, was the thing that, that came across Because there. there's nothing wrong with being eager to please. Like, I, I stand by my <laughs> eagerness to please. The question is, when does it go too far? When yeah. are you too eager to please? Yeah, yeah. You know, because... Uh, you should be eager to please. Well, it that says in, a, in my thing. jingle, uh, you know, I, I want you to enjoy this. Uh, and I do want people to enjoy. I want to make an entertaining show. It's not a, uh, my mission is not to antagonize yeah. and to infuriate. Exactly. Uh, it's to entertain. So that's my personal thing. But sometimes you can you can spend too long looking at the tweets yeah. and looking at the messages on SoundCloud and thinking about them and worrying about them and then looking at the stats yeah. on ACAST. Now you and I are both on yeah. the ACAST yeah. platform. And you get to look at the breakdown. Such good of breakdowns of which day this happened. Who's and... listening where in the yeah. world and what you can see absolutely everything. And you can go too far on it. And, yeah. And it can just make you too self conscious, don't you think? Yeah, completely. Because completely. I bet you the the genius thing about Marin, for example, to return to him, 
is that he is part of a super successful partnership doing that podcast. His yeah. producer, whose name I forget. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, no disrespect to him. But uh, actually, talking about the Obama one, the follow-up episode of that was him and his producer talking about Just the whole process yeah. of putting that episode together. And you find a lot more out yeah. about their relationship and how the podcast is made yeah. in the course of listening to that. But he is a very valuable and important bit of the what what the fuck puzzle yeah 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 it's not Completely, only does he or, or edit he, all those and, particularly in that episode just mm. hearing how much he was how um marin at one point wasn't keen to do it and just just so much how he's been such a key part of it yet he's so so yeah. behind the camera it's such. like a manager he's doing the same job as yeah. a as a, a talent manager or something yeah. in many ways as well as overseeing the content of the show you know he's helping to book guests and and he's keeping Mark's mind on the straight and narrow yeah. and encouraging him and enabling Mark Maron to concentrate just on the interviews yeah. and not have to worry about all the peripherals. Do you stuff. think we could get him to leave Mark and take on both of us in place of Mark? Because sure. that sounds like what we need, really. Someone, a middleman, someone not, in between. Honestly, listening to the post-Obama <laughs> episode, it seems unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> he almost started crying, the producer guy. Yeah. Because he was so... It was like... Uh, I mean, I get the feeling from Mark Marin that he's maybe thinking about coming towards the end or, yeah. or having a hiatus, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and and the interviewing the president provided kind of a a watershed, a full stop. Yeah. Uh, for at least one part of that yeah. trajectory. Completely. Why do you do it? Why are you into podcasting? Um, part of it was again, it's that pretty much everything I've done in my career, it's been things that I've been been really into, and then I've had a, had a moment of going. That looks that looks doable. Like the, the doing music came from going to loads of gigs, and one, I think in one month I saw the Beastie Boys and the and the and the the, the Bloodhound Gang, which quite different acts, but still it was standing at both of them and being amazed, but then also going, I could probably do something similar to that. That's that 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 feels achievable, and it was the the same with podcasts. It was listening and then listening and then going, hang on, I've. I've met some quite interesting people in my eight years of doing music. I've got some contacts. I could probably could probably do a podcast. The interesting part is I always get praised for taking on these things, like my XFM show and podcast, for taking them on d- despite having a stutter. But the fact is, I just forget I've got a stutter. So I'd, I'd started doing the podcast and arranged it all, and I was like, it wasn't until the first review was like, and it's very bold to take on a purely mm. spoken media when you've got a speech impediment. I was like... Oh yeah, that that's a that's a thing, isn't it? I've got that. So, how, uh, how long have you had your stutter? Um, since Do you I mind was, me asking? No, you about no, it? no. I'm always happy to talk about it. Yeah. I find them absolutely fascinating because we don't understand them mm. at all. It's such a weird thing that it's just yeah. in your head. Something is restricting me saying certain sounds or words. That's that's mental. Um, well, because I, I don't know anything about uh, what causes. They stuttering. generally come from a. A traumatic experience. So it's a, so it's a it, it, it's a psychological. It is a psychological thing. thing yeah. It would seem. Um, so when I was four, um, I almost drowned in on holiday in France, and I started to get my stutter, and I didn't find out that that was the reason until I had hypnosis at about. I think I was about 14 or 15. And you were hypnotised specifically to uh, investigate S- the stutter. Specifically to investigate the stutter and try and and try and help with that. Um, and yeah, I kind of got regressed to that kind of moment of almost drowning, which was bizarre because I kind of, my parents at the time had done a brilliant job of playing it down. So in my mind, it wasn't that big a deal. I always remember I'm, I'm my dad saying, just going, oh, I've ruined my trainers because he, he came out and saved me. And I just remember him going on about his, tra- his trainers are ruined now, but that was just to calm me and make me not not over overreact to it. Um, and you were how old again? It's about four, I think. I was oh four, goodness. and it was in France. And you just swam out too far, and the current got you. Did well, it? We were walking along the beach, and I'd kind of d- drifted back. I think. Yeah, because you wouldn't be swimming at four. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd drifted back, and a, just a big, big, big wave just came up out of nowhere, and just Ooh, whoosh, you out. took me, me straight out. Oh, that's um, terrifying. And it was interesting because through the hypnosis, I learned because for years as a kid, I had a recurring dream about a witch in my living room, and I'm in beds upstairs. Um, and this witch is coming up the stairs, and I know it's coming. I'm trying to scream, and I can't. And then it's coming close, and it's the most petrifying thing—just not, uh, uh, not being able to scream. And she kind of said how that tied into my stutter and tied into the 
um, nearly drowning because through the regression, she was saying, well, what's happening there is when I was pulled out to sea, I'm trying to scream to my parents and waves are going in my mouth, so I can't scream. So it took me a moment to get anyone's attention. And that's what caused that, that's what that recurring dream about a weird a witch was, apparently. Mm. But yeah, it's fascinating. Um, I did a, a thing on YouTube um, about a technique I got shown because there's a comedian who I've had on the podcast now whose name I always stutter when I try and say it, and it's D- 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 Dylan Moran. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just, for some reason, it's been one that I can't say. But that's um, no, you don't stutter at all D words. Not all D words. Ds and Ws are my... They're uh, tricky. Uh, are, are, the, ...are the toughest ones. But right. again, it's not all. Um, and this guy taught me a technique of tapping out s- syllables on your leg. So just a finger for each syllable and tapping it out. And Uh doing that, I can say Dylan Moran, Dylan Moran, Dylan Moran, quite comfortably. But without that, I get stuck with it. And again, stuff like that, it's like, that's mental. (laughs) That we have no, we can't really explain why that, that helps it. And that's often what it comes down to though, isn't it? Is, is learning techniques to deal with little hangups you have, whether they are manifesting themselves, obviously in the form of a stutter or some other kind of, speech impediment or just in the form of some kind of hang-up that stops you doing the things that would otherwise improve your life completely and you you can just learn little tricks that's one of the fascinating things about darren brown is that he seems to be someone in command of this yeah colossal armory of tricks yeah that will help you with all kinds of triggers and tricks and techniques the one for me i downloaded a, a thing he did about remembering people's names right and that's something that I have a real problem with. Same, yeah. And my wife gets infuriated because she thinks that it's laziness and she thinks that I just don't remember her friends' names yep, because yep, I'm yep. not sufficiently friendly. Don't care enough of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or I think they're boring or yeah. something, which I don't. But I do just find it hard to remember people's names and it gets worse the older you yeah. get, you know. Have you got any tricks for... Not for remembering names. I'm terrible at it. I've just done um, my first... Uh, a TV series, and in that situation, because I'm not in every episode, and I'm on and off, I'm here every now and then. What show is I'm that? I'm meeting so many. It's, it's called The Bastard Executioner, uh-huh. and it's uh, written by Kurt Sutter, who did Sons of Anarchy, and it's this big thing. It's, it's currently on FX in America. Oh, this is a narrative thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. So I'm I'm just acting in it, and it's my first role, and it's all very exciting. But on that was exactly that because there's three or four people in the costume team that you're regularly interacting with, three or yes. four people in makeup, and because everyone else was maybe there from the start, there's not as much urgency or thought to introduce so much. So there's a lot of people I've met that I might have caught their name a bit and then not, and then you've spent a few days with them so you feel awkward being, so who's that? Who's who's that again? And again, yeah, I've been been terrible for that. It was the rap. It wrapped on Friday, and there were numerous people that I was like, so what's your technique? Not quite sure. I haven't got one. That's it. I spoke I'm failing to, miserably. I spoke what's, to, what's the Darren Brown's technique? What's, well, what's, uh, you I, Darren Brown has a whole complicated thing about, I think, constructing what's called a... Uh, this is the other problem, of course, is that you've got to remember the technique. <laughs> um, he does a thing called... Uh, I think it's a memory cathedral or right. a memory palace or something like yeah. that. And so you... Well, this is a technique for remembering things you have to do, like a, a shopping list, for example. Yeah. You could take all the items on the shopping list and assign them to different rooms in a yep. fictional house in your mind. Right. So I've got to get uh, full fat cream, put that in the kitchen. I've got to get a uh, tooth, a new toothbrush, put that in the uh, living room or something. And you picture where those objects are right. so that when you are going to the supermarket or whatever, you can walk through this palace this space you've constructed in your mind and the act of having assigned all these objects to different spaces will replay itself and allow you to to see those things again and recall them. Because all you're trying to do is trigger your mind's efforts to recall these things. So similarly, when you are introduced to someone and, and you want to remember their name, you have to take a moment to create a little mnemonic, a visual mnemonic in your mind so, for example, um, if I'd never met you before, I mean, Scroobius Pip is kind of an easy name to it's remember. It's one that sticks. What's your real name? <laughs> David. Uh, David. Da- what's your surname? David Meads. So, David Meads. So, I would picture my brother David and then uh, Meads. I would uh, imagine him holding a, a tankard of mead. 
Perfect. Uh, maybe two tankards of mead, uh, so that it's meads. Yep, so you get that S, that old important S. Yeah, so then the next time I see you, that image pops into my mind. I know yeah. he's David, and I know, what's he doing with those two tankards? Ah, yes, it's mead. It's, David Beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> brother, brother Beers. <laughs> hey, brother Beers, good to see you. Um, so that, but then of course you have to have the presence of mind to, to do that in the to moment. Do that, and there's often you're you're introduced to a few people, you're kind of jangly anyway. Yeah. You forget to do that, and you're like, oh, that's got away from me now, yeah. and I'm going to have to spend the rest of the evening going, hey man. It makes you great at remembering names, but terrible at engaging and socialising. Yeah. That someone introduces you, and you just stare at them. That's right. You're thinking of you're looking of your very distracted. Shut up! Yeah. I'm constructing a memory palace. <laughs> Got this one. On to the next one. Bye-bye. Nice <laughs> to meet you. Nice to meet you, but... <laughs> yeah, it's awful. And have you ever been... Because the, for me, the nightmare scenario, I guess, is to be called on it. And for it to be implied that you care so little about someone yeah. that, you, that you haven't remembered their name. I've never had someone um, unsympathetic enough to highlight that they've realised that I've not remembered their name. Yeah. If you know what I mean. I'm sure there's been ones where they've known. I've gone, hey, man... Oh, hey, guy, hey, yeah. hey, you. Um, so, yeah, I've never been called out on it as such, but I'm sure people have noticed at points. And you always want, I, I always feel like I want to communicate to them, you know, I've got such a strong, positive memory of you. I know yeah. who you are. Yeah. I know what you mean to me. I know where we met. And, I know and, you. Yeah. I don't know the label they put on you. Exactly. I know you. That's right. And you want to say that to them, but <laughs> there's no way of saying that without it sounding... Because they've started to walk away and you can't call their name to, yeah. to, get, to get them back. You mean a lot to me! <laughs> I remember a lot about you, just not your name! It's it's what I love about uh, South by Southwest because um, at that festival, everyone gets a name tag. Yeah. And it's just perfect because it's so good. And everyone's aware of it that you meet someone like, hi, John, good to see you. Yeah. John, John from XFL, you know, or, or, or whatever else it is. It's like, it'd be so much easier if life was like that. Or like on computer games when they have the name and, and age and everything just, just floating above their head. That'd be, that'd be ideal. I'd love it. Just branded onto your forehead. Yeah, yeah. Because then with the tags, if it's a, if it's a, a woman... You don't want to look as if you're staring down at her yeah. breastal region. True, true. That's not cool. Or it gives you a good excuse to stare down at her breastal region. <laughs> is the other. I suppose. We're halfway through the podcast. I think it's going really great. The conversation's flowing like it would between a geezer and his mate. All right, mate. Hello, geezer. I'm pleased to see you. There's so much chemistry, it's like a science lab of talking. I'm interested in what you said. Thank you. There's fun chat and there's deep chat, it's like Chris Evans is meeting Stephen Hawking. The Clash, just a band. Chris, just a band. Minor Threat, just a band. The Q, we're just a band. The Smiths, just a band. The It was the first thing that we did together, yeah. and it was crazy because we made the video for a couple of hundred pounds. I recorded the vocal originally in my bedroom at my mum's house, and it was our first single. And it it felt there was a bit of guilt attached because everyone always talks about how you have to graft for years and years in the music industry and all this. And we wrote a one song, and it got in the top forty. And that's the net you know, age we, for you. We have then grafted and gigged constantly and yeah. all that kind of. But it did feel at that point is like. This is easy. This music industry lark's easy, isn't it? You write a song, that goes down well. You write some more, that goes down well. I don't know what everyone's complaining about. And so were you actually able to make a little bit of money off that and everything? Yeah, yeah. We did our first album. And the first album, we were just in time for when you could make money off records, which has died pretty much now because no one likes to pay for stuff. Um, Or make money in a traditional way off records rather than sinking or anything else or in films and and all the different ways there are to make money now so uh, yeah we made a bit of money but then we toured constantly as well and it was always that thing for us of a lot of people at that point particularly in the myspace wave which which we were part of that initial bubble a lot of people have kind of an internet hit and then go i've made it cool but we were adamant no we're now going to be doing at least 100 shows a year every year 
in the UK and Europe and America and everywhere we can just to make sure we're building that real fan base because the memory of going to a gig and seeing something exciting and engaging it is far more than something that's on your phone that there'll be something new in its place next week and you you know I mean it can become that bit more disposable whereas having that real engagement with your fan base and building that is why we've, we've always had great live turnouts and great yeah engagement in that manner and do, i presume you spend a long time going back to the video on youtube and checking the comments constantly no sure. uh, again it's it's my general rule became quite quick to avoid the comments on youtube constantly part because they're often horrible and can't part i didn't want any spoilers if i was attending a bug i wanted it to, to be a surprise <laughs> i didn't want to already already know know what was coming but oh, yeah have you come to bug before yes i've oh, come cool. a couple of times now yeah ah. i love it so for those who haven't been that's a reference to the fact that uh in bug as well as in other media now i often read out comments that people have left on youtube uh and i was looking at the comments for thou shalt always kill i'm not going to read out <laughs> a whole, whole bunch of them but uh, a couple caught my eye actually a couple of quite good ones because that's the thing is that sometimes People leave quite funny comments yeah. there as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have yeah. to search yeah. harder for those. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of comments under that one. And, and a song like Thou Shall Always Kill, which is open to all kinds of interpretation, yeah, provokes right. a huge amount of discussion on yeah. there. Some people speculating as to you know what you're talking about or some yeah. people who think they know what you're talking about and are angry about it. Yeah. What does he mean, thou shalt always kill? Here's a, a comment from Renegade, 89, who just t- who goes on a riff and it, it picks up the baton and this is his own version of the thing. So it's not really commenting on, on what you've said so much. Thou shalt not YOLO, thou shalt not totes, thou shalt not Harlem shake, thou shalt not duck face. What's duck face? No idea. I've heard of those other ones. Thou shalt not selfie. Thou shalt not spam my Facebook notifications with every mundane detail of your, quote, amazing life. That Thou shalt know ab everything. Abbreviate everything. Brilliant. Thou shalt learn to spell, in caps. Thou shalt not perpetuate stupid memes derived from simple-minded themes. I don't care how funny you think it seems, no one cares. That rhymed quite nicely, didn't it? That had a nice flow. Thou shalt not post videos of cats. The whole internet would crumble, you moron. <laughs> Thou shalt not wear stupid animal hats. What's that? What's that one? Is everyone wearing stupid animal hats? Not that I've noticed. I haven't noticed that. Thou shalt not bit strip. What's bit strip? I have no idea what bit... No, that's the cartoons. You make the little cartoons of yourself. I do know bit strip. Right. He says in brackets, your lives are no more entertaining in animated form. You're spelt Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, yep. of course. After the, the thou shalt not make spelling mistakes. Yeah. And thou shalt always message back, even if you don't like me. At least say so. Uh, so that was quite an articulate and then entertaining it feels like message from Renegade89 sh- there. It should have been a letter he wrote to someone in particular, like a specific rant. There seems to be some very specific anger and, and argument there. Yeah. So. How did the lyrics for Thou Shalt Not Kill come together for you? Were, um, was it a aggregation of ideas that you had knocking around anyway things that wound yeah, you up kind of it was it was just using a familiar construct so is is when i was doing a lot more like open mics and spoken word gigs because i thought right i can have the the bones of a poem here or a piece or whatever you want to call it but then i can also react to what other people have said that night or what's been in the news that day because it's quite easy to just add because it doesn't have to rhyme and it doesn't all this you can just add to that so Oh, oh, one of them that, that went into the end piece was um, thou shall not go to an open mic and leave after you've done your shit little poem or song you self-righteous prick because there was and that was an actual one where a guy got up and was really annoyed that he was having to be in the second half um, and then he got up to do his piece and it wasn't he'd translated a poem from Latin or something and was reading his translation of it which just annoyed me because it's like well you're very clever congratulations but yeah and then he left immediately so instantly straight after that i started doing thou shout and added in that and that got a big cheer because everyone had been annoyed at him kind of mumbling throughout everyone else's pieces so yeah it it was that kind of construct that was easy to adapt easy to again there's a laziness in it it's that kind of you can put jokes in and get that crowd reaction without it having to be that deep and meaningful i guess and then when we were recording it i was like right here's Dan sent me a beat, and in the time it took him 
to watch um, a forty-year-old virgin. I'd recorded the vocal and sent it back. So, so whatever the running time of forty-year-old virgin is, the is the s- s- session time of that track. Um, and I added the big adjust a band bit in the middle because it seemed to work in that in that break. And yeah, that's kind of just that's how one it of the most um, popular sections for commentators on YouTube. Yes, because of course it's like instant button pushing. Yeah instant it's it's almost like you're trolling them yeah and it's it's so f- uh, funny because it genuinely never at the time never crossed my mind that people would see it as insulting any of these bands yeah. it's simply stating that and it came about from um one christmas <laughs> it's gonna sound a, a really odd but, but one christmas i started thinking about tom york Mm-hmm. And I thought that happens every Christmas to me. <laughs> Tom York is Tom York. He's, he's a festive figure. Yeah, exactly. But he's such a, a unique, iconic figure. Yeah. And I was just thinking of Tom York's brother asking him to pass the potatoes and him getting annoyed because he'd already had enough, and just realizing that wow, this time of year they are all just they're all going home to their parents, or a lot of people are going home to their parents, and they're just regular people. They're not this amazing person that you you have in your mind and that's that's what that section was about and i purposely chose bands that have really um almost over the top of obsessive followers because that's that seemed to fit with what is saying cunning saying so the smiths they they, they're just if if i if if it didn't have to be catchy and punchy they're just like four guys who make some really good songs and then they don't and then they they the they watch a bit of TV and then, and then they have their lunch yeah. and yeah, just trying to get that across. But a lot of people see it as I'm hating on these bands and get very defensive. And yes, it's it's such a genius thing for an online audience because it yeah. seems like you've stocked it full of all kinds of things that could be easily misinterpreted. Yep. Contradictions within the songs. Yep. It's like you know, um, don't use the, the the name of these legendary artists in vain, but don't put artists on, on a pedestal yeah and they're like what, what wait wait that's he's got what he's and then again the beautiful irony that some people get on and some look over is it's a three minute song telling you what to do and the last one is thou shalt think for yourselves and that wasn't an accident that was that's kind of the 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 ultimate overlying irony of the whole thing of saying here's what you should do but ignore all that just make your own mind up yeah. um but again the other thing with that track is as weird as it sounds, when I wrote it and when we recorded it, didn't really think anyone was ever going to hear it. So again, that's the beautiful thing that comes then with this big, when it's then out in the public and so broken down and analysed, you're like, yeah, I didn't didn't expect to come under their scrutiny. Mm. I expected to send it to my mate and him go, that's cool, and play it to a few other friends. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's the beauty of these things spiralling like that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the, that's the best spirit to create something yeah. in any way, isn't yeah. it? Just to amuse yourself and to amuse people you like. Yeah, completely. Other people, Anna Reed saying here on YouTube, why must I misspell Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> to which Hugh Rain replies, yeah, I know, it's easy to pick out something in this song that one disagrees with, but I'm with you on this one. What's wrong with spelling something correctly? <laughs> That's genuinely one of the ones that's had the most anger because it is probably the least logical of of all of them. Because in the song, what's the line in the song? Um, I, um, that shall spell the word f- Phoenix P H E O N I X, not P H O E N I X, regardless of what the English dictionary tells you. And again, there's so many. There's some serious ones. There's some throwaway ones. Um, and that one was one just. It annoys me when words kind of. If the E was first, that would look more like it sounds. Yeah. Fe- I know it's Fionic, but Phoenix rather than Phoenix. Fe- so it was simply that, just... Just you ego. railing against the just, English yeah, language. Yeah, just me just taking it to the English language. <laughs> um, and again, that one was one that really... I, I like them ones because people will get angry and they won't really have any explanation or resolution. It's not like he has a different opinion to me. It's like... What, what? What? Why are you? Why have you said this? Yeah. Why? It's why? spelt. That's how it's spelt. <laughs> what are you? What the? What the fuck are you doing to the fabric of the fucking universe? You shitbag! You've got enough problems without you coming and trying to get us to spell words that everyone's agreed on the spelling of which correctly. I can't speak properly now. I never agreed to that spelling, and that's my problem. Yeah. These spellings were agreed upon by someone other than me, and I'm I'm not willing to sit down for that. No, 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 no,
what's your policy on general rudeness? Are you rude ever? Uh, do you have incidents of rudeness from other people that stick in your mind? Uh, does it bounce off you? Where are you at? Politeness is genuinely a massive, massive thing to me. Um, if they were to ask that question of how would you like to be remembered, it's like just not remembered for doing anything rude or offensive to people. I really, obviously with friends and in certain situations, there's there's rudeness and of offensiveness is hilarious and hilarity. But yeah, no, in general, I'm a massive fan of, of politeness. I've worked with some people over the years who have had, again, not not that they're bad people in any way, but haven't had or have had blinkers up to sometimes that certain things are really rude and really really impolite um, i suppose the environment that most people brush up against rudeness is when they're traveling yeah uh, particularly on trains that seems to be a place where yeah people well they they, they get stressed out and they rub up against each other and then the rudeness mm-hmm. um comes out i struggle on which side is rude when there's someone playing music or being noisy on the train and i struggle with am i being rude by attacking them for mm-hmm. it or are they being they're being rude for doing it but am i being ruder in the way i attack or approach yeah. them are you being an uptight yeah. dick so it's it's a fine a balance so it, what's your policy then are you going to challenge people i have done i have done if it's i'll be really p- a, a polite with them Back to yeah, so I'm doing it here. Like, let's we're, we're, let, let's pretend that I'm. I got my headphones on. Yeah. I just be sorry, mate. Um, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. On the window is uh, this is the quiet zone. Um yeah. So all the other carriages. Well, I've got headphones. Yeah, it's just it's it's got a, it says headphones as yeah, well, yeah, headphones yeah. and phones. So all the other carriages though are all good, but it's just in this in this carriage alone. Come on, mate. I got, got my headphones on. What? Fuck off. Oh, that escalated <laughs> quickly. <laughs> no, I, I really. Yeah, yeah. Um, w- 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 when I worked in HV, again, we're, we're saying about engaging with with people earlier. Um, when I worked in HV, they all the staff knew to come to me if there was a rude customer because I'm a massive fan. I'm really good at staying calm, and I get off a little bit on killing them with kindness. Ah. I really enjoy that. So, the customer services people, the HR department. N- knew my name a- 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 well because I'd explain that I'm really sorry I can't do you a refund you've not got a receipt there's there's nothing I can do but without a refund it's you know I wish I could it's not it's it's I'm not high enough up to to, to, uh, to be able to authorize that so here's here's the phone number though for customer service blah blah and they'd often go off but then sometimes they'd get it cleared I'd get a phone call from HR going okay in this case we'll just do the the uh the refund and they'll come back in all smug and like there you go and I'll be like I'm so glad you got to to sort that out. That's so good. It's so good because there wasn't anything I could do, but I'm so happy for it. And you'd see them getting so annoyed that they wanted to come back in and throw it in your face. You're like, mate, I'm so happy for you. Oh, it really means the world. Hey, that let's you managed hug it to, out. This is great news. And they're just... <laughs> but yeah, I'm a fan of, of, of it, when confronted with rudeness in a work situation to try and Charm kill tsunami. them with kindness. Yeah, definitely. Incidents when you come up against people who are just rude really stay with you because you get that, you know, that thing that happens when you think of the right thing to say afterwards. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is known as esprit d'escalier. Yeah. I.e. the spirit of the stairs. You yeah. Know, when you're it's going a down staircase the staircase remark, again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, I know what to say yeah. now to that dick. I was on the train the other day with my family. We were going, uh, we were all going to King's Cross to get the Eurostar. We were going to France. It was exciting. And the train that we got we were supposed to be going to King's Cross on um, was cancelled. We had to get the next one half an hour later. So already we were like, oh, this is pushing us very close to the deadline and traveling with my family. This is stressful. So there's twice as many passengers as there should be on this one train. Yeah. So we get on there. Our seats are, are long gone. The reservations are all out the yeah. window. Um, and the, the, the train is filling up. There's five of us, me and my wife and our, our three children. We go over and there's a, a table of four mm. um, that is empty except for one guy sat there. Uh, late 40s early 50s yeah he looks a little bit of a hard nut right yeah. i go over there and um i'm carrying my daughter and you know, the children are all kind of stressed out because we're stressed out and i say excuse me um is there any way that that uh we could take this table there's a seat just over there um if if yeah. you'd like it and the guy's like no why have i got to move I was like, oh, um, well, just just because it'd be great for us if we could sit together. Yeah. And it's like, uh, no, I'm sat here. Well, why should, why should I move? 
like, oh yeah, yeah, just uh, well, I mean, there's a, there's a seat just over there. Well, I don't want to sit there. Like, you know, the, the whole train Damn is full it. anyway, so yeah. it's it, 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 you know, you're going to be next to someone. Someone's going to come and sit here anyway. You'd be doing us a favor if it was us, but and he goes, no, I don't think so. That's infuriating. Um, and so I just thought, what's the point? And he was looking at me like, uh, you know, you dicks with your families and your yeah, how children dare you? ruining the world and I, I i can slightly relate to that i remember <laughs> before i had children you, yeah. you get slightly annoyed by parents who seem entitled yep. to special treatment yeah, no, oh i've got children i've i've reproduced and so yeah. i should get i should get special treatment i i can appreciate why that's irritating for a lot of people yeah but then on the other hand like it's sort of fun to it's help people out, request. isn't it? Yeah, it like really I, is. I always, I always get a little tingle yeah. when I see people coming along, and it's a couple, and they're going to be split up unless I move my seat, and then I'm like, oh, there you go, you can sit together. Yeah, completely. Is that buzz? It's, yeah, you, you, you're getting something out of it because you're getting yeah. that niceness. They're getting something out you of it. Feel good. This guy, it made me so angry, and I didn't want to cause a scene or get in a Barney with this guy. Mm. Apart from the fact that it looked as if he could knife me in the throat <laughs> in under four seconds um i didn't want to embarrass my my wife and yeah. my children who already looked stressed out they could see this exchange and my son who's like 12 you know and you get into that age where it's all like no oh, please don't embarrass us he he looked really anxious about it like come on dad let's just go let's go let's go and so i said to the guy um you know please um honestly it would it would just really help us out if we could all sit together yeah. that's all and he's like well, no, uh, I don't see why I should. I was like, uh, wow, you're nice, aren't you? And he said, what? I said, you're just, you're just a really great guy. God bless you. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I think I said it because I knew it would wind him up. I'm not someone who goes around generally saying God bless you and like yeah. being religious with people. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not really a religious person. But I said, God bless you. And sure enough, he just looked like he was about to leap up and punch me right in the face. Yeah. He just said, what did you say? I was like, um, God bless you. <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I just ran away. But I, but he was scary. Yeah. I swear to God, the look in this guy's eyes, I'm sure he, he's probably killed people. Yeah. And that, But that just, I just think, why? You know, okay, you're having a bad day. You don't like little prats. Again, in that situation, you're not going to be having those four seats to yourself. That's just a fact. The train is going to be full. So it doesn't really doesn't make a difference. I know it crossed my mind because I'm so stupid and bloody minded to actually just sit down for me and like my wife and one of my sons to just sit down with this guy and stare at him for the rest of the trip and see how it went. We're friends now. Yeah. Uh, What's your view? Because again, on the thing that gets me on rudeness is on social media, on people at replying me when they've got something negative to say, or a conversation that they're just having with their friends. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm a big believer in it's perfectly fine to not like me. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. When you're in um, the public eye in any way, there's people who haven't asked to be exposed to you who are, and they may not enjoy what you're doing, who you are. That's fine. I really haven't got any issue with that. I don't search my name and look for what people are saying about me but if you tag me then i find that incredibly rude to just be saying to your mate oh yeah i don't i can't stand at scroobius pipio so oh hey why are we why is this happening because it's the it's the most gutless dig that it is possible to make in the modern world it's like we've created a brand new medium that enables uh gutless twats to go around and sort of have a little poke at someone who is uh in their mind maybe higher up the food chain than they are somehow and it's like i'm gonna show this guy that i I... think that they're a bit crap but i'm gonna do it with my little fucking made-up pseudonym and uh under the cloak of anonymity a lot of the time not always but um and I'm going to do it in this way that they they can't really reach out. Yeah, they can come back at me and and maybe. Um, well, it's like uh, what I uh, earlier on called trolling or trolling, yeah. however you want to um, pronounce that word. But you know, it's it's just trying to get a rise out of yeah. someone, just going up and going me 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 I, me. I I went in on someone on it in defence of someone else once. I was doing a, t- a TV show with um, with OJ Borge. Um, 
and we've been doing a few episodes, and I tweeted saying, oh, the new one's out tonight, and tagged him and tagged everyone. And one person re- replied saying, I love the show, but can't stand OJ. Um, I find him really annoying or something just offensive. And I just took OJ and everyone out and just said, that's really fucking rude, man. Um, and the guy came back saying, it's my opinion, entitled to it. And that just was a red rag. Um, so I, I looked at his profile um, and I like saw that do. I saw that he has um, he loves his kids. He's a really proud dad. He, he's all about his family. And I just put a long rant, p- p- polite still. Again, a killing with kindness. I said, if from what I'm looking at, if you've got kids, I would say a good way to live your life and make your decisions is what would you advise you, your child to do in that situation, or how are you trying to raise a, your child? So when well, you send your kid off to you school, his children into it. Yeah, yeah. But I did it p- politely. I said. <laughs> when you send your kids off to school do you say to them if there's someone at school that you don't like make sure you let them know you don't like them if they or if <laughs> they come right. if they come home, home and say to you oh, i don't like mary say well you should probably let her know you should make sure she knows Write what, her a letter. what you don't like about her yeah. you know i would imagine you don't do that so if that's not the case why would you do that and he came back and really apologized he said you're right you know he really was like that's that's true. Oh, I wow. feel like an idiot. And it was a good one because, again, I, w- I made sure because, again, because I was where I was bringing his family into it, which, but I was like, I'm going to be 100% polite. I'm not going to be ag- aggressive in any yeah. way. I'm just going to say, look, just have a think about that. W- is that what you'd tell your kids to do? Charm tsunami. And he came back with saying, you're right, you know, I don't, I've not th- thought about it. You get into social media, you forget there's people on the other end of it. You forget that these are humans and all this. And he then sent OJ about five apologies. Hmm. And it, it, it was a nice, many. it was a nice win. Yeah, it was it was creepy. Yeah. Um, he's outside his house a lot these days, <laughs> just sending him flowers. <laughs> I really didn't mean it. I find you delightful. I've, I've reevaluated. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> I brought my children here to introduce them to you. <laughs> I'm teaching them too. <laughs> That's good, man. That's but, great. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my favourite topics, as regular listeners to this podcast will know. Um, the whole business of how we do treat each other online yep. and how we are learning to behave yep. in this new space that we now yeah. all occupy. Yeah. And it is a strange, painful period of it flux. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. And it's not like I'm some kind of genius who has all the answers because I've got myself into all sorts of scrapes and yeah. will continue to do so, no doubt. Some people are very particular about the etiquette. Someone got in touch with me um, <laughs> because they had noticed that I was... What I was doing was sometimes retweeting things that people had sent me yeah but i was removing my name from the retweet or whatever if it was a conversation yeah. just to save a few a characters space, yeah. or whatever i would remove my name and then maybe put something beforehand yeah just saying That's fine, thanks right? or indeed or yeah. i agree or whatever yeah and then it would say rt retweet and then the rest yeah, of no, yeah, yeah. but then someone got in touch and said you are stealing retweets because you have modified their tweet, it is now coming up as one of your tweets, and you are getting the uh, retweet action. Um, so you are stealing retweets. You know retweets aren't, aren't monetized, right? There's no... <laughs> but it's all glory or yeah. status or I don't know what. And they were like, I So I had to really stop myself from saying, what? You have lost your fucking mind. Yeah. But I said, like trying your charm tsunami, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. What What is the correct uh, procedure in this situation yeah. then? And they directed me to a big, long blog post oh, that really? someone had written about all the kind of things you're supposed to not do and, oh, wow. and you should do. If you do what I was doing in that situation, you're supposed to put MT, modified tweet. No um, one knows that. Yeah. If I saw MT, I would not know that. That's, I, I would assume that's your like, own tweet. Oh, yeah, I've seen that elsewhere and I, I never would knew assume, what it meant. I would assume that meant my tweet. Yeah. So not only are you stealing the reasons, yeah. you're stealing the credit. Or mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, if you follow me regularly enough, you will see that I occasionally do an MT. Wow. If I'm modifying a tweet, or more often than not, I will no longer comment on yeah. someone's tweet for Just fear of stealing yeah. their retweet. Or they've they've changed it now. How you can do the retweet and you have the option of putting a comment, uh-huh. if you know what I mean. Yes, you so can, you so can. that's the addition now. You can now actually you're still tweeting their tweet. It shrinks it as a almost as if it's a picture you've yeah. attached, and you get to add your comment. So I guess that's probably from people like that ranting right. people so much. Say, and I right. and I checked because I went back through her timeline, and she had had a private conversation with a friend of hers going. 
Uh, I can't believe that Adam Buxton steals retweets. <laughs> It's it's one of my it's one of the things that most annoys me on Twitter, um, and he of all people doing it has really disappointed. That's me. That's a rabbit hole to fall down, isn't it? Yeah, looking at people's timelines. I always oh, remember yeah. there's there's a great Hannibal time well spent a, 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 a breast bit where he's saying he he's fallen down them kind of routes before where he's like on Facebook, and I've done this myself. He'll look at how many likes he's got, and then for some reason he'll click on it to see who likes it and he's like yeah. <laughs> oh mark smith likes some shit like that does he oh, i see i see my son. it's like yeah why why am i looking at who yeah it's like it's had 700 likes who who specifically which 700 pe- okay yep yeah cool okay that's no, the thing I know now with, into. with you can you can dig you can drill Too down into the data yeah for absolutely everything yeah this guy's made a nice comment but do I care? Let's just profile him, Let's check him and out. assess all the things that he likes and doesn't like yeah. and see if I should actually care whether he likes my stuff or not. Turns out I do. Yeah. Turns <laughs> out that I respect him very, very much. He <laughs> likes all exactly the same things that I do. Yeah. So I will take that compliment and I thank you for it. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Exciting times. Hey, man, uh, I should wrap things up. Let's wrap things up because we're going to be going into yeah. into my podcast with you. Right. I'm going to get all monosyllabic and depressed now. Which is exciting. I like the idea of this because we were talking about if we should or not. Yes. Because it's quite intense. But I like the idea of us going a little bit stir crazy and yeah. losing it. See and that's happens. why I offered to go last because this mine could be a lot worse because okay. we're really losing it and the inability to talk anymore. All but right. All right. I'm excited about that. But I'm going to... Um, one of the things that we're going to discuss is the time that you met my brother, which you have no idea about. So oh. I, d- I just thought I'd put a little teaser in there. Well, wow, you're teasing people. your podcast yeah. at the end of my one. I'm clever. I'm, I'm used to this that social seems, media and media lark. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, really good to meet you. I, and I, you. I, I think uh, you and I exchanged glances in the backstage area at the BBC yes. uh, in Glastonbury yes, a few yes, years yes. ago. And um, so that would have been, wow, 2000 and. When, yeah. Ages ago. Yeah. Like 10 or... You were just starting Nine out, I guess. 10, yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, nice to meet you yes, in person. and you. May I say, I find you very good looking. Thank you very much. You're a very impressive figure. Wow. Like, uh, also, you. I like your... The sh- that, that slightly shocking photo of you that you have for your Distraction Pieces podcast of you blowing your yes. brains out with a mic. Uh, yes, I've been asked by iTunes thing. to change that. Oh, really? Because they, they, they were doing, again, big love to iTunes. They've been very supportive. But they wanted to push the podcast in a certain area or for something, and they said they needed me to change the image. And I said, no. Yeah. I'd rather not have the push, because it is just a microphone. It's not an actual... It's a mic, so it's... I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't up for... Yeah. For, for, for editing it's that good. in that you're, manner. You're bare-chested. You've got a big tattoo on yeah, one side of yeah. your torso there. You're looking angry as anything. One guy just left a comment when I posted that. just going... Why haven't you got a shirt on? <laughs> and I really didn't have an answer. I didn't see it as a bad thing because I yeah. don't think there's good. You, you, p- people can have no shirts. So I'm not got a problem with that. But it was just such a blank, mate. Yeah, you've mate, left, your, why you left you, your shirt off. Why have you got a shirt off? It's like, what your shirt there, man? I'm very sorry. Come on. Uh, and now you're fully nude. Yes, exactly. I've, yeah. As I said, I'm perfectly comfortable with I've, the, uh, the human it, form. I found it a little distracting to begin with. <laughs> No, I like it. This is my distraction piece. Thank you very much. (laughs) Cheers, Scroobius. Cheers. There we go. The charming Scroobius Pip. Thank you very much, Scroobius, for allowing me into your life and your fancy East London hotel room. He doesn't live there. He's an Essex guy like Garth Jennings. But uh, he was staying there overnight doing a few shows in town. And I went in and we recorded uh, the conversation for my podcast first. Got on my high horse at the end there about the internet. Love the high horses. And then another rambly conversation for his podcast, which will be out sometime next week. Or will already be there if you're listening in the future, i.e. sometime after late October 2015. Um, Scroobius was kind enough to let me use his recording equipment. Uh, although at first I was a little worried the cut-off on his mics was a bit harsh. And then I realised that um, it was fine. It's a good story though, isn't it? Hey, thank you so much for continuing to comment and get in touch with me with your uh, suggestions and thoughts, etc. Please continue to do so, I appreciate it very much. And uh, obviously continue to subscribe 
on Acast and uh, iTunes and, you know, leave positive comments and rate and like. Can't leave any negative comments because that is not going to prop up my ego in the same way that the really nice ones would. And at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. I'm desperate to please, but it's a two-way street. Okay, you've got to give me stuff back. And um, in lieu of cash money, rates, likes and subscriptions are the modern currency. And if you don't, well, I can find you. Because as I was saying to Scroobius, we can break down the stats very easily. Look, I can check. I can check out right now which territories are currently on board with the Adam Buxton podcast and which ones are flagging. And I can tell you that at number one in the in the I've listened to the Adam Buxton podcast chart is the United Kingdom. Coming in at number two, the United States of America. Have you ever been to the United States? It's brilliant. They've got incredibly wide streets, which in, in many regions are paved with gold. And Coca-Cola comes out of the taps. Don't know if you knew that. And everyone eats hamburgers and has a gun. And they love listening to the Adam Buxton podcast. Uh, coming in at number three, the good people of Ireland. The bin that never gets full. That's not what I genuinely think of Ireland. That's a reference to a thing, which I hope many of you will know. Uh, and uh, at number four, Australia. Hello to Australia. Thank you very much for listening. That was good, wasn't it? It was a good shout-out. Thank you very much for uh, listening. Um, and after that, things drop off in the rest of the world quite dramatically for the Adam Buxton podcast. Although, you know, there's a few... there's. A few people representing in Finland, Vietnam, Poland, South Africa. It really does cover every single part of the world. No one listening in Iceland, I'm sorry to say. But uh, right down at the bottom, the slackers, the haters. Falkland Islands. Come on, guys. Just two listens in the Falkland Islands. St. Kitts and Nevis, two listens. Madagascar two listens chaps there's more than just the Garth Jennings one and the Louis Theroux one alright the John Ronson one is good too and so's the one about colds alright that's better than you might think but right down at the bottom we've got Monaco with one listen I mean that doesn't surprise me they're, they're busy driving around in fancy cars and greasing each other up I don't know what they do in Monaco but at the at the very bottom, below Monaco, Saint-Pierre and Miquelon. That's disappointing because I had planned a big tour of Saint-Pierre and Miquelon for next year. And now I see that there's just one person there who doesn't even like the show. They've just listened once and thought, Fuck this, eh? This is a boring, eh? I'm trying to do a, a mixture of French and Canadian there. Because that's where... Saint- I used to think that Saint-Pierre and Miquelon was... This- kind of sunny tropical paradise or maybe somewhere out in the Indian Ocean but that's because I'm ignorant actually it's just off the coast of Canada and uh, seems to be an exciting place here's some things to do in Saint-Pierre and Miquelon you can visit L'Arche the Arch Museum L'Arche Museum the well done exhibits cover the island's history including prohibition times the showstopper is the guillotine, the only one to slice in North America. Islanders dropped the Timbers of Justice just once in 1889 on a murderer. The museum also offers bilingual architectural walking tours. The Timbers of Justice, is that a good nickname for a guillotine? Surely the metal blade part is really more important than the timber. I don't think anyone's too worried about the timbers, are they? It's the blade you have to watch out for more than anything. The blade of badness. Anyway, come on, Saint-Pierre and Miquelon. Stick with it. It's It gets better. And that goes for you too. Take care, fellows. Human fellows. Thanks for listening. I love you. Bye.
This is an advert for Squarespace. Every time I visit your website, I see success. Yes, success. The way that you look at the world makes the world want to say yes. It looks very professional. I love browsing your videos and pics, and I don't want to stop. And I'd like to access your members area and spend in your shop. These are the kinds of comments people will say about your website if you build it with Squarespace. Just visit squarespace.com slash Buxton for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, because you will want to launch, use the offer code Buxton to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So put the smile of success on your face with Squarespace. Yes. They handed me my ass. Hey, would you like an ass? They said. I said, oh yes, please, thank you. Take a closer look at the ass. They said, you can see the marks where we spanked you. Cause they handed me my ass. That's right. They handed me my ass. I thought it was a brand new ass, but it was just my old ass. It was just my ass. It was just my ass. It was just my ass, my old ass. It was just my ass. It was just my ass. It was just my same old ass. You gotta do the accent, I think. I don't know. Maybe not. I'll leave that up to the cast to decide.